Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I've got a good show for you today. I'm excited to introduce uh, those of you who don't know him already, but I know lots of you do, um, introduce all of you guys to my buddy, Justin Shank, who is uh, a top-rated podcast. He was voted as a top eight by Inc. Magazine, podcasters to follow and influencers. He has the Growth Now live movement uh, that I uh, was fortunate enough to speak at about a year and a half ago. Um, so those of you who have been following me for a little bit, you probably saw that happen live. It was amazing. Um, so welcome to the show, Justin. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on. Sure. I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I'm a huge fan of you and everything that you're about. The fact that you're giving me the opportunity to be on your platform, uh, I'm excited. I'm just excited that you have a podcast now. Like, this is incredible. I know, right? <laughs> well, uh, for those of you who've been around on my feed for a hot minute, um, Justin was kind enough to have me on his show. That's how we first uh, connected. God, I want to say that was a little over two years ago. It had to have been at yeah, this point. Yeah, it feels like um, a lifetime ago. All right. We had the best convo. I just remember um, even after the podcast wrap, we sat there and talked for like another hour and we're like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> An hour has gone by, but it's the best to be able to connect with, um, you know, like-minded people. And I think it's one of those things that we don't get to do as much as we want as content creators. I think a lot of times we're, you know, head down working. <laughs> and so at least for me, when I met you, it was like the perfect time because I was just um, starting to come out of that like complete heads down in my own world kind of hustle. Um, and I was like, oh, conversation with like-minded. <laughs> it was so great. Um, so definitely welcome to the show. Um, I have so much to get into, but before we do all of that, can you give us a little background on you, on your story? Um, you know, your podcast, Growth Now Movement, is, like I said, top, top-rated uh, show. You've been doing this for a while. Definitely have way more experience out of it than me. Um, but not everyone starts there. We, we all know that. So tell us how you got where you're at right now and, and a little bit of your story. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly been a journey, uh, to say the least. I started podcasting four and a half years ago. Uh, and to paint a picture, four and a half years ago doesn't seem that long ago. But in the podcast space, it's, it's like a different decade, a different generation, right? So four and a half years ago, I would say to people, oh, I have a podcast. And the response half of the time, if not three quarters of the time was, well, what's a podcast? Uh, and now I say that I have a podcast and the, and the response is, oh, you too? Um, because there are just so, right, many people exactly. doing it. There, <laughs> there's so many people doing it. But the, the fact is, I really had the original idea to start a podcast a little over five years ago because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to live my own life, have the freedom of being an entrepreneur. And I had tried multiple times and I failed multiple times. So I had three failed businesses in the past. And the original idea of the podcast was, hey, let me learn from the experts. Let me take this vehicle uh, and use it to talk to an amazing people and ask them and pick their brain of how they built their business. And 
right before I launched the podcast, it was about four and a half, five months before I launched the podcast, there was a massive shift in my life because there was a day in November, November 14th, um, where my mom actually lost her 20-year battle to opioids. And what that did was it completely shifted my perspective of life. So it went from, okay, let me chase money, cars, houses, things, so then people can look at me and go, wow, Justin really made it. And it shifted it to, how do I just enjoy the journey? How do I understand, even in a rock-bottom moment, I have an opportunity to make a shift, to move forward, to grow into the person that I want to be? And that's really what the podcast became about. Um, as you know, as a guest on the show, I wrap up every single interview with the same question, and, and that question is, in your life, what has been your biggest moment of growth? And every single guest, it was always a rock-bottom moment. It was always the moment where they yep. questioned themselves the most, yeah. doubted themselves the most. Um, and I think, honestly, the reason that became the last question is because I noticed that when you look at what my mom went through, and, and like I said, she battled opioids for, for 20 years, so pretty much my whole entire childhood growing up, et cetera. Um, when I look at her, I don't say my mom died from addiction. My mom died because she didn't like herself. Like she thought that life was mm -hmm. over for her. Like her rock-bottom moment mm -hmm. was her sticking point. Um, and so I want to prove to the world that your rock bottom moment is your opportunity for greatness. And like Sarah, you're, you're a great example of that. Um, and you know, that's really what it's all about. And that's, that's the cliff notes journey of my life. And now I've been fortunate enough that the show has taken off and I do everything based around it, right? Like between podcast coaching, yeah. public speaking all over the country, pre COVID, uh, and you know, my live events that have now gone virtual because of COVID, all of those things are because I bought a microphone four and a half years ago. Ah, I love that so much. You had that uh, calling or that intuition or whatever we want to call it, um, and you acted on it. And there's so many people out there and listeners. I know there's some of you out there who feel this way too. You know there's something more for you to do, something that is, um, you know, calling you, whether it's sharing your story, whether it's, you know, helping people, whatever. I, I work with so many, um, you know, different clients who – tell me that, but then a lot of people really get locked in that stage of, oh, I don't know enough, there's too many others out there, you know, someone else is doing it better, I don't have enough followers, blah, 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 right? We do all these things to talk ourselves out of it. Um, so back in the beginning, you know, when you got that microphone and, and you started and did your first interview and all of those things, how did you overcome kind of some of those voices that, I think probably all of us have, right, that are pretty discouraging sometimes if we let them go. Yeah, you know, I think for me, and, and when I first started the podcast, I had a co-host. Um, so the, for the first, I think it was 64 episodes, you'll hear another voice if you go back and listen to those early episodes of my podcast. Um, and honestly, I don't think it was because I wanted to take my co-host with me on this journey of building a business. I think it was because I was scared. I was nervous. I was, I was worried about judgment of other people. I was worried about failing and then people going, ha ha, you failed again. And so I was like, look, if I bring somebody with me, it's not only my fault, it's somebody else. Right, right. And someone else to uh, blame, and, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I really used that as a crutch. But I also realized looking back that that was kind of a mistake because the, the podcast, the brand, whatever you want to call it, it didn't take off until I asked him to take a step back. Um, like most shows that are out there, it wasn't doing anything. I mean, you're talking 60 to 80 downloads an episode, and it was really one of those things where we were kind of like stagnant in growth, but nobody really was finding us. And what I found out was 
it was because this show wasn't fully an intention. Like we, I didn't have my intention fully locked in because I had this other voice. Um, and my intention right. is to let people know that you have hope and have opportunity, but then there's this other guy who doesn't have the same goals or the same message. Um, and so a great branding tip for anybody out there, a great business tip is like, look, everything needs to be locked in, right? Like your branding has to match your purpose and your purpose has to match every intention you put out there. And honestly, at the end of the day, as cheesy as it sounds, you lock all of that in place and organically the people will find you um, because it starts with one person, right? One person that resonates with your story will then tell the next person, which will tell the next person, which will tell the next person. Um, and then you can make the impact that you want to make in the world. And so for me, I had a crutch when I started. Um, and so I don't have the greatest story of like, here's how you overcome fear. Uh, because the reality is I still have fear in everything that I do. The live event that I put together was extremely scary. Like it was like, how do I bring people together that are listening to me all over the world and, and bring them together and have them fly into a little, and you know, it's not easy to get to Reading, right, Pennsylvania. Right, yep. uh, <laughs> to have them fly into Reading, Pennsylvania or fly into Philly and drive in and um, be a part of this thing. And it was very, very scary. But we have to realize that we have two options. We can sit in our fear and we can sit there and say, okay, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not brave enough, and continue the life that, to live the life that we're unhappy with. Or we can take that uncomfortable action and really kind of build what we want to build. And I didn't do that five years ago when I started the podcast, but I do that now in everything because I see the reward. Like even if I didn't fill every seat at my event, which the goal was 150 and I sold 160, thank goodness, but even if I didn't fill those right. seats, what lessons did I learn? What things can I do better exactly. next time? All of those things. So you have to understand that there's lessons in the fear too. Oh, absolutely. And there's so much in there I want to um, unpack. But the, the first place I want to start is, um, you know, your, your business tip of getting those things in line. It's such a, a great tip. But I also love the fact that it took you a little while to get there. You know what I mean? And that, I think, is probably one of the biggest hangups that I see people have is they feel like they have to have all of that stuff totally clear before they start on day one. Mm-hmm. And I always think, like, that clarity comes through the hustle almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, through those 60 episodes or, or whatnot that you did with your co-host, through that you're really learning, like, hey, wait a second, maybe this isn't totally my voice. Maybe, yeah. you know, I have a different direction or whatever. And I think some of that clarity comes through the work. Don't you? Like, you know, like a lot of times we can assume what our clarity is, but until we get out there, the direction. So I love that you were kind of like open to that change. What can you um, tell us a little bit more about that, kind of being open to the process while getting that clarity? Yeah, the funny thing is people search for that clarity because they're actually just afraid to start, right? Like I sit down with people yep. all the time who want to start a podcast and all they worry about is, wait, I got to get the microphone. I got to get the things. I got to plug this in. I got to do this. Wrong. You don't. Like imperfect action is greater than no action. The, the only way you're going to get closer to where you want to be is by taking a step closer to where you want to be. So if you're staying in one spot, it, it doesn't work, right? Um, and, I, and I see it constantly. I see it in people's miscommunication with who they want to be. Like, I think the first thing you need to do is realize, your, what is your identity? Like, what are you trying to put out in the world? Is it the fact that you want to be a business coach? Is it the fact that you want to inspire somebody? What is it? And then you have to lock in, what's my vehicle, right? I talk all the time about podcasts, but the important part is there's a ton of different vehicles in order to do that, right? Like, how scary was it, Tara, for you to write your book? 
Oh my God. Yeah. With no, no experience, you know, like I'd only ever pu- published on my own blog. It was, it was yeah. like a one in a million chance of actually making it. Right. Exactly. And so when I, when I look at that, you go, okay, but I took the action and then that was your vehicle to impact the world. It could be podcasting, it could be whatever, but here's the, here's the trick. You don't know until you try. Right, so you might start Absolutely. podcasting and go, I'm uncomfortable doing this. I'm not getting any better. I'm not getting any traction after taking the time. But then pivot. Don't give up. Pivot. What's the next opportunity you have? Is it writing a book? Is it blogging? Is it video? Whatever the case may be. I always say that I have a face for podcasting. It's perfect. That's why that's my medium. He's lying. This is the handsome man we're speaking about right here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you break that down, you go, okay, cool. If I don't try something, how do I know? Um, and Absolutely. When you try and get all the perfection things in place, all you're, all you're doing is stalling. And you know that you're stalling, and you have to get yourself out of that comfort zone, right, and hire somebody like you or me or whoever a coach may be in their life or a mentor to really push them. That, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to, to, to have the growth, the growth that I have if it wasn't for mentors, coaches, and masterminds. Um, because mm-hmm. yeah, because you do get stuck. You get stuck in your own way. Your brain isn't going to figure out everything you need to do. You've got to get the right people. Oh, my gosh, so true. And, you know, to piggyback off that, I have to say that's exactly what you all are listening to right now. You know, I had um, people have been asking me for probably three years, like, do you have a podcast? Where can I find your podcast? I was like, no, dude, I don't have a podcast. I'm a writer. I have a blog, whatever. And then I got to the place where, I just wasn't able to have the time to put a blog post together. And it had been a long time since I'd done that. And I thought, you know what, I need to find a medium that's just faster, that if I have an idea, I can just say it and move on with my day, you know. And um, Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives and stuff are just not my jam. I've tried them a couple mm-hmm. times, and I just hate them. They're just not for me, you know what I mean? And so um, I think my block or my hesitation was – uh, man, that has got to be so technical and so hard and I'm not an engineer and I'm not a mixologist and whatever. And um, thanks to COVID, I mean, it gave me the time, which was my biggest excuse, to just sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, is part of me like a little embarrassed that it isn't super polished and awesome? No, actually, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, could it be better? Fuck yes, it could. Of course it could. Um, but the content's there, and that's all I ever care about. Like, that's number one. Right. So if the conversations are there, if the content's there, if we're getting tips on every show that are really impacting people's lives, I don't give a shit if there's, like, background noise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and so I feel like if and, – and the surprising thing for me was I actually love it. I did not expect to at all because I've, you know, been on the other side. I've been interviewed so much. I thought, what could be different? And I have to say, like, I didn't expect this medium to be, like, when I get off a call, I feel so lucky, you know what I mean, that I get to have this conversation with you and that somehow I have a job that allows that, you know what I mean? So I love your tip on just try because had I guessed, I would have never thought I actually would have really enjoyed this medium and it turns out to be, like, the perfect fit, perfect, perfect fit. The only thing I check myself on is, like, you know, why didn't I listen to that voice inside me a year and a half ago that said try it? Mm. But, you know, there's, there's only so much we can do about that. So I, I love that because if we're not getting out there and getting our hands dirty, man, 
<laughs> what kind of life is that? You know? Yeah. We're gonna exactly. sit on the sidelines of our life forever. Yeah. You know, one thing one exercise I do often with myself to check back in to make sure that I'm on purpose, uh, and also with clients is the seven layers of why. So everybody has this great idea of what they want to be in. It might be super surface level. Like it might be, you know, because I wanna I wanna make millions of dollars. Okay, great. Like that's where you wanna be. Why? And you end up asking yourself why seven times. And they say when you can get to the seventh layer of why, that will make any action you need to take, no matter how hard, it will make it easy. Because it ties it to the mm, root yeah. core of why you want to do something. What is the real reason behind you wanting to do this, right? Like the service level of uh, having this podcast is notoriety, recognition, business, money, followers, whatever the case may be. But for me, my seventh layer of why is to let people know that life is going to be okay because of what I went through with my mom. And that's the emotional tug on what I'm doing. And that's why it makes it easy to show up every single day. And obviously that's forever evolving, right? Like I've had five or six people reach out to me and say, because of your podcast, I decided, decided not to take my life. And I look at that and I go, okay, well, I need to show up. Like now it's easy to yeah. have the conversations consistently forever. Like I've been going consistently for four and a half years every single Tuesday. That's a lot of work, as you know now know right. in the podcast yep. space. Like it, it's a lot of work, prep work. It's exhausting to have these conversations at times, depending on what you're talking about. And, right, sure. But the, the real reason is that seventh layer of why is there's somebody somewhere in this world listening to this conversation right now and going, Sarah really knows what's up. Justin really knows what's up. And I need to pay that's attention to yeah. my internal dialogue. Right. And that's the main thing that when you can tie it to that seventh layer of why, the action becomes almost automatic. And, guys, I'm telling you, if you don't know what your why is, you've got to find that out because that is the thing. I call it, um, you know, my, my big picture dream. So very similar idea, right? It's like I have to have that the end result in mind. I have to have, you know, how it changes my life, how I feel walking through my life when um, something is at its peak performance. So let's say if I start mm -hmm. this, this venture, right, this podcast, like, okay, when it's at its absolute best, when it's done better than I could imagine, what does that really look and feel like? How does it change things? What opportunities does it open um, that aren't open now? So if I can get some of that clarity in the beginning, even if I, you know, if, some of the, the lanes change or whatever, then you're so much more likely to stick it out and to pivot and to do all those things you need to do to ultimately be successful versus focusing on all the little shit that most people are obsessed about. It really doesn't matter in the long run. Um, so one question I have for you is how then did you take – something that you were passionate about and, um, you know, the content that you're creating and all of that and turn it into a business. And there's so many listeners out there like, I have this idea or I love doing this thing or that thing. Um, but really, is this ever going to support me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. talk about that transition. Yeah, you know, for me, I, I kind of did it backwards with how a lot of podcasters are doing it. Like, almost – in a way, dumb luck. So I'll, I'll kind of go and say what a lot of podcasters do. A lot of podcasters already have a business and they use this as a marketing arm or a connecting arm for them to get clients or something like that. So that's their monetization practice, a lot of them. Um, what I ended up doing was the audience came first. So when I did this podcast, when I first started it for the first like two years, uh, maybe a year and a half, I was still working full time. 
And so this was my side thing that I was doing because it was filling, mm-hmm. like, my heart, right? Like, I enjoyed doing it. And as I was thinking about this, somebody recently asked me a similar question. She's like, how did you monetize your podcast? Um, and the reality was I grew an audience uh, organically, and then Inc. Magazine listed me as a top eight podcast, and that 4 x my audience. And now I have these people paying attention. And all I did was say, what do you guys want? How can I support you? What can mm-hmm. I do to, to help you? And they answered the calling. And so at first, and this is, again, the evolution and the growth of what my business and my brand has become. It started out as I became a podcast coach. And I realized that there's a lot of people out there who say they're business coaches, life coaches, podcast coaches, whatever, uh, and they've actually never done the work. And I refuse right. to be yep. that person who, who bought that I'm a life coach certificate, live it in my grandma's basement, say, you know, telling exactly. people how to live their life. Uh, And so I was like, okay, I feel comfortable answering your podcast questions. And so that became the first vehicle that I had that made it a business. And that actually for the first number of years was my, that was solely my income. Like for the first year, that was solely my income. I was teaching people how to podcast. I started a production company and I have a team still that does production for clients and so on and so forth. So I was answering their questions. And as I grew as a person and built a successful business and started speaking, people said, hey, I want to grow a platform and I want to start speaking and I want to start doing these things. And I became what I refer to as a growth coach because I don't like the term life coach necessarily um, because I don't even know how to life half the time. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Right, right, Um, yeah. And so I was like, but I can help you grow. I can help you grow as a person and help you grow your business. And so I became a growth coach and I started teaching people how to build platforms and all that stuff, because that's what people wanted. And then people said, hey, we want to build a community. Like, I've connected with other people who listen to your show, and I want to get together with them. And then that was the, that was the event. I think a lot of times when people go into, they're trying to build a business, or they're trying to become a quote-unquote influencer, you know, they, they, they have this idea of what they want it to look like. And they'll, they won't listen to anybody around them, and they're so stuck in their ways. And they've got these blinders on, like, no, this is how I'm going to do it. Versus just asking questions and then serving your audience. Like, that's the easiest way to build a business. What do they want? Ask them what they want. And whatever they want, deliver it to them and charge them for it. And actually, if you're really yeah. good at it, charge them a premium. Um, right. You know, I, Absolutely. I, I, had a conver- yeah, I had a conversation with two people this morning who were in the spiritual space. And if you, you know anybody in the spiritual space, they're afraid to, to ask for money because they're so heart-centered, mm-hmm. which is beautiful that they're heart-centered. But I said to these two young ladies that I spoke to this morning, I was like, I want, I want you to understand something. You're, you're very gifted with what you're doing and what you're teaching and, and the healings that you're offering to people, and you deserve to charge a premium. And you deserve to get paid for this service because if your cup is empty, you can't serve anybody. So overflow Absolutely. your cup. <laughs> overflow that cup. And what's overflowing is for everybody else. And what's in that cup is for you. Don't overtake because then you won't, re- you won't feel rewarded. But what's overflowing is for everybody else, but you need to make sure your cup is full. And that's such good advice, ladies. Ladies, ladies. Damn it, listen, <laughs> because I know we are the worst at it. I, I don't exactly know why, but I do know that I work with so many women. It was one of my hugest blocks that um, I've been very open with. Um, absolutely was a huge block for me going from a corporate career where I got a salary and I you know, was selling something tangible and all those things to then selling myself as a service essentially was just, oh, my God, it took like two and a half years to – figure that out and to be okay with it and just all that shit. And then I have to tell you, it's always my premium packages that sell way better than anything else. So <laughs> I've always made a, a commitment to 
have resources that start like as low as 20 bucks. I mean, that's because back in the day, 20 bucks was hard for me to come by. And had I had access to life-changing resources, I would have taken that opportunity and I would have crushed at it for my 20 bucks. You know what I mean? But I know that's like yeah. 1% of people yeah. who are doing so we'll do that. That's the sad truth. Um, and so I still do. I still offer, you know, kind of various things and on all levels. But without a doubt, as soon as I really understood the value of what I was bringing to the table and the results people were getting and priced accordingly, it changed everything in my business. So whatever your service is that you're offering, ladies especially, um, learn that lesson early. <laughs> the earlier, the better. The less frustrated you'll be, the, the less difficult the road uh, ahead will be um, because it is so, so true. So let's talk about your event. So I've done, uh, I've done an empowerment dinner in Portland. Uh, I did it for three years in a row. Um, thank God I hadn't, didn't have a plan for 2020 because it wouldn't have happened anyway. But uh, after the third one, I was like, holy crap, these, these live events are the most stress I've ever put on myself in my life. There's so much. Um, you pour your heart and your soul into them and all of those things. And there is so much fear, like you talked about earlier, right? And there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, financially, you're out there <laughs> whenever you're putting yeah. on an event because there's just so much up front with it and just all of those things. So um, share with us kind of what that process was like when you had the idea and want to get people together. Um, and then, you know, the learning curve that there is with, putting something like that on. And yours was a conference. I mean, yours was a multi-day conference. You had amazing speakers. Um, you had an amazing agenda. And how did you do that? How did you go yeah. from that idea to, to the live day? Yeah, so it's crazy. Like you talk all the time, obviously, vision boards and envisioning what you truly want and, and really kind of being able to, to feel it before it's real. And so my event started out as a daily visualization practice of exactly what I wanted from the music to the lighting to the smell to the sounds to the energy. I was there for a year and a half of like knowing exactly what it was going to be like. And it was really crazy because I can go speak to a room of 20 people at times and I'm so nervous. Like I'm sweating all over the place, right? I wasn't nervous for my event. And somebody, go, somebody yeah. asked me the night before, they were like, are you nervous? And I go, I'm not. And I go, you know why I'm not? Because I've lived this hundreds of times. Exactly. Boom. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> right? Because you, you lived it in your mind. That's exactly what I talk about, about having a movie in your head. Like yeah. being able and to walk through it like it's a 3D game almost. Like see and it. I knew, it's true. And I knew it exactly from, from top to bottom, the types of speakers, the specific speakers. And the funny thing is, and I'll share this since I'm, this is on your podcast, it's crazy, I knew I wanted a powerful, a powerful woman at my event, and I didn't know who it was going to be, but I knew there was going to be a powerful woman who spoke at my event, and, we, and I had you on my podcast, and before mm-hmm. I even had you on the podcast, I listened to your story, and I, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is powerful. This is who I want at my event, and I was like, then I started to visualize you there, and I'll share this, and I'm sure you don't do this often, but I interviewed you, I and at it. the end of the interview, you literally said to me, 
hey, if you're looking for a woman to speak at your event, yep. I'm open to it. <laughs> right? And, like, that's the power of visualization. And that's the power Absolutely. of having the right intent. And um, so for me, I mean, from concept to launch, it was really first it started out as a visualization process of, like, what do I want it to be? Um, and then it was one step at a time. And this is where people have the disconnect. Like, even look, post-COVID, I believe live events are going to come back with a vengeance. But my ultimate vision with my event is to fill an arena full of people, 6,000 people, and to bring incredible mm-hmm. friends that I have to come speak and be a part of it and do all these things. Um, but if that was the only thing I was locked in on, I would have been paralyzed with fear. And so I knew I had to do it one step at a time. And the first step was, okay, I kind of know who I want to speak. You know, people like Fabio Viviani and Albie Manzo and these people that I was friends with for a while before I even had this idea. I was like, let me reach out to them and see if they'd even be game. So that's the first step. Let's, see the, yeah. let's check the comfort level of these people that I want to bring in. And, of course, they were gung-ho. They're like, I'm in. I was like, okay, cool. Like, that means I need to move forward. What's next? I got to lock in a venue. Okay, cool. Lock in the venue. And so what I did was I kind of reverse engineered to steal something from Gary Vee. I kind of reverse engineered the entire process. And I said, okay, I know where I need to be, but what are the steps to get there? And it was one step at a time. Um, And I don't do anything in business. This is kind of crazy. I don't do anything in business if I have to spend money first. And I know that's really kind of backwards, but it's just the way that I've always done things and 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 it's worked out in my favor. And I was like, all right, I know that I don't have to pay for any of this stuff until after the event. Now my goal is to at least cover my cost. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah. And that's, that's real life. Like if you can come, if you can even come close to covering your costs on an event like that, you're like, I'm winning. Yeah. And you know, it was funny cause I'd be talking to like friends and mentors of mine who have done events or have understood events. And they're like, look, understand that you're probably going to lose 10 grand the first year. And then the second year you'll probably break even. And by the third year, you might make a little bit of money or break even again, but understand you're winning at that point. The good news is I made a little bit of money the first year, um, and I was on a trajectory to double it in size for the second year, and I understood um, sponsors a little bit better, so that that financial flow was coming. Um, But it was really about, honestly, the end of the day, when I look at this huge undertaking, it was about making sure I had the right people around me to support me, like people like you who said, yes, I'm in, and you were truly in, and you delivered massively, and mentors to be like, okay, let me hold your hand through this terrible process of trying to figure out how you're going to afford something before you even have the yeah, money to yeah. afford it. Um, oh, absolutely. And so all those things. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, a great undertaking that I'm, I'm actually excited to do again, you know, once we can. I love that, and I love that you didn't take it all on yourself. You leaned on the people around you. You sought expert advice. You, um, you know, brought in people, whether they were volunteers or whatever, and I think that's a lesson that took me a long time to learn. I just kind of always felt like I was an island <laughs> in all things for a long, long time, um, and kind of, you know, I had some blocks around I ask people for help. Does that mean I can't do it? You know, it took me a while to kind of move past that stuff. And um, when I finally got to the place, like, wow, we really, truly are so much better together. Oh, my God. Like, mm. it's just, even if you get an hour with um, people who've been through a similar process and you can pick their brain, you can take them to lunch, um, you can buy them coffee, whatever it takes, it's just even that. Um, I remember I sat down with Lori Carter at my last event. Uh, we had dinner the night before. Um, my event and I was 
you know, about to pull my hair out. <laughs> um, and that event I did, I lost big. I gambled. I lost big. It was not financially pretty for me for a while. And she just looked at me and she was like, listen, I've been there. It took seven years to build the gorgeous event you came to that, that she had been hosting, you know. And it was just, that's all I needed. You know what I mean? I just needed someone else to say, hey, you're not the only one who, mm. who this can be not as pretty and easy as it looks on the outside. Um, and I think so many times when you're doing something new um, and, of course, you know, we're afraid to fall on our face in front of everybody, especially if it's something like that, um, reach out, talk to those who've been there before, and I promise you you're going to find out whatever it is that you're feeling or dealing with, they did it too, no matter how perfect theirs looks now. You know, like everybody yeah. has has started somewhere and learning those lessons and um, is really kind of what separates the people who succeed and the people who don't. So how have you, well, the big question everyone's asking this year, right? How have you pivoted with COVID? I mean, my business was all live events. I had 2020 completely booked and it fell apart in a matter of seven days and it was mm. pretty dramatic and terrifying and all of those things. Um, but then, you know, dusted off and, started refiguring out my business. So how has it been for you, especially when you have a big live event? Yeah, so... A lot. <laughs> you know, it's funny. that The second year of the live event was almost a nightmare from day one. And I should have been paying attention to the signs I was getting that something was going to shift and the event wasn't going to happen. I ended up, even before mm. COVID, I lost three venues. It was like this weird, this weird thing. Um, but as far as COVID, you know, I think I did, well, first of all, I did what most people did. And this is, and you know, me as being very, very real and open. I drank my face off for the first two and a half months of COVID. Like I was like, <laughs> right. yeah, this is, this is just kind of what we're doing. It's three o'clock. Yep. I'm going to crack a beer and, and whatever. Now I will also say for the last three and a half months, I've been working out daily and really into, I'm probably in the best shape of my life paying, right now. Paying that price. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, right. but at the same time, um, I didn't panic. And I think a lot of times when change is happening around us, we tend to panic. And we allow that change to fully affect everything from that day going forward. One of the first books I was ever introduced to when I was 19 years old was a self-development book called Who Moved My Cheese? Um, highly recommend everybody read it. But they, mm -hmm. essentially yep. talk about, they essentially talk about change is going to happen no matter what we do. No matter what we're doing, no matter whether our head's down or whatever, change is going to happen that we have no control over. But what we do have control over is how we react to that change. Um, and so the first thing is I didn't panic. And then second of all, again, just that easy idea of that step-by-step -step process. What can I do right now to pivot? And so my and, – and it, it changed. It evolved as COVID went longer and longer and longer because first it was two weeks to stop the curve. And then it was two months to, to we're back to normal. And now we're six months in and we're still wearing masks. We can't have events. We can't yep. do these things. And so the original thing was I moved it from May to September. Um, and so it actually, the event, the moving date of the event was supposed to be next weekend of, of the time of us having this chat. I don't know when this oh, will wow. release. Wow, yeah. Um, and so then I was like, okay, I have, to, I have to kind of push this indefinitely. But I want, what I wanted to do was stay true to the 200 people who had already bought tickets to the event. And I was like, well, what can I deliver for them so they get some sort of motivation, knowledge, whatever. And so I completely pushed the event till sometime in 2021, hopefully, uh, and I moved virtually. Here's my thing. Like, as you know, at my event, 
I had dancers that danced you up to the stage. There was an after party. Right. There yeah, was a the VIP production. party. Yeah. So it was all about community. It was all about connecting and having a good time. And, you know, you go, you go to events sometimes, speakers aren't, aren't hanging out with you. At my event, you guys hung out with everybody, which I love, by the way. Um, so thank you for doing that. Uh, but, but, you know, when, when I look at that, I was like, that was, that's what, what it was all about, which is why I never wanted to go virtual. And I found a platform where I could host the event, I could have networking, I could have live entertainment, I could have yoga and meditation classes. Um, and so I, I've moved virtually for actually this next weekend coming up where I'll be able to host incredible speakers like Nick Santanastasso and Natalie Jill and uh, who else, Anthony Trucks, just incredible people who are willing to give their time. It's all live. Um, and so I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I have to pivot was the first thing I said. The second thing is I'm not pivoting like anybody else. How do I make it different? And I dove in for a good day and a half and researched platforms I could host and did all these things. And then I took it step by step. And I said, cool, now how do I make this accessible? How do I make this worthwhile? And then how do I get people to engage? And so I don't know if people are, engage, are going to engage yet. We'll find out next weekend. Um, but I'm really excited to they see will. how will. It'll goes. be amazing. <laughs> and, and that's that's awesome because I know that, you know, whenever we're doing a pivot like that or making a change, then we're entering – it almost kind of feels like back to square one, right? We're entering mm-hmm. a brand-new zone where kind of maybe some of the old insecurities that we thought, hey, didn't we work through that a couple of years ago, come back. And, you know, for me, I had tour plans. I had – same, I had tickets – sold and dates done and flights booked and all of that stuff. Um, and when I realized that wasn't going to happen, I, I thought, okay, you know, maybe I can take this virtual. I'd tried to do virtual things before COVID. It never worked. Um, no one had ever really seemed to pay attention. Um, but then the beautiful thing was COVID gave everyone a lot of time. Um, hmm. And it wound up, I wound up instead of doing a three-hour live event, which of course was planned, and turned that into a four-day virtual event which actually went up being so fun and the groups were very small. They got to know each other. They got to share each other's stories. They became friends. Like it was just something that I could have never um, imagined it and honestly would have never done had it yeah, not been for COVID. Awesome. And now I'm so grateful because, I mean, you know, from a business standpoint, I get to be with my kids and I'm not <laughs> upfronting everything. And, you know, so there's so much, there's been a ton of benefits to that, but I, w- I will say, I'm not going to lie, I was like, oh, my God, will I have three people in this class? Will people, like, say, well, I'm with Sarah because only three people signed up, and maybe I should drop out? And, you know, like, all those old thoughts come right through. And, like, am I going to fail? Do I have to explain myself? (laughs) It's going to be embarrassing, whatever. And, um, you know, they all sold out, and I'm loving them more and more that I do them. But, guys, beware. I don't think that we completely annihilate those voices that try to tear us down, we just have to move through them and we have to stop listening to them and start putting that new story out there so that we have the, the energy and the strength and the power to move through them. Um, and since we're talking to you a week before your big thing, <laughs> do, you, do you care to share any of, any of that? You know, have, can you relate to kind of any of that which brings in a whole new set of, whew, <laughs> yeah, uh, gonna go? It, it, that's exactly where I'm at. Like, I'm like, how is this going to go? And it, there's definitely 
um, some fear, doubt, hesitation, uh, worry that you, you worry about tech issues. Are the speakers going to know how to get into the rooms? Do the people know how to access this? What do I do? I don't know about this. What am I, you know? And then I, and I always worry, like I always want to 10x give what I said I was going to give. Like how do I over deliver? Right, right. How do I over give to individuals? Um, and I go, can I do that virtually? Does it transcend the screen? So I have all of these questions and doubts in my mind right now. Um, but I've learned, just like you, if I go and I don't deliver and I have tech issues and speakers don't know how to get in and I've got to send text messages while I'm live on the screen and there's people sitting at home watching me do this, that's okay. Like, right. I'm still it's alive. It's not going to kill me. It's not yeah. going to kill me. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and, and the intention live, too, yeah. the intention too behind the audience that you've built and the audience that I've built is they're forgiving and loving and caring because that's who we are as people. And so when we are those people, we attract like kind, and those are the people that are going to show up. So if there's glitches, they're going to understand. Absolutely. I think, and that is so true. I think when you are true to yourself, and this is one thing that I just love so much about you every time we've had an opportunity to have a conversation. I think we're so like-minded uh, in the ways that, that we want to show up for the world and in our business and be authentic and be real and not do the slimy things that people in these industries <laughs> have done before us and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think the way that I've done that is always holding myself accountable to the girl that started this 10 years ago who was like, listen, I don't know shit about shit, but I'm going to figure it out. And as I do, I'm going to share – and you're going to see some hot mess. You're going to see some awesome rides. <laughs> but you're going to see it all, good, bad, or ugly. And I'm so glad because it has allowed me to stay true to that to the point where probably every single day people will message me and say, that's the thing I love about you. That's why I'm here. <laughs> because mm -hmm. you're that. okay to say, God damn it, I can't get anyone into this Zoom. Why is Zoom not working? <laughs> Versus like <laughs> silently panicking on the other side of the screen. You know, and it's just, it's, it's given me a lot of, of freedom over the years to just be okay with being myself. It's not always easy. Um, and I know that terrifies a lot of people. <laughs> but Man, if you can start out being authentic to who you are, it's going to be so much easier as you grow and as you change um, than not. I cannot imagine if people thought what they were getting when they <laughs> do anything having to do with me was perfection because that's hilarious. And Yeah. Yeah, that, they're never going to get that. <laughs> and, and, and I just want to say this too. Like the end of the day, like we're all going to die. Like, and I know that sounds really grim and whatever, but I've said this for years where, like, you can have all the goals in the world that you want, but at the end of the day, you're going to be laying in your deathbed, and you're going to look back, and you go, what did I do? And they always yeah. say, like, what did they do that study of like, what people, re like, regret in their life? And it's always that they didn't do something, not that they did do something. Like, you're not going to look back and be like, oh, man, I should have worked that corporate job longer. Like, that's never going to be the case. Every single time, yeah. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you step into your true self, the, the world's going to deliver for you. The reality is I got fired from the last job that I had. And I actually talked about this at my event, but I got fired from the last job that I had. Um, before I, and I was, I was building the business on the side, but like I wasn't ready yet to make the leap. And I ended up like obviously figuring it out. But, you know, however many years later, I'm still doing my own business. But the cool part is actually about right before COVID, so seven months ago, 
I was hired by the company that fired me to go speak to their high, their high level people <laughs> about like mindset. And they paid me, Nuh-uh. this is the crazy part. They paid me more per minute than they used to pay me per hour. Oh my God. Of course. I love that. I love that. I was actually too. I don't know if you knew that either, but I did. Um, I was, yeah, I was laid off. Um, and I'd been laid off a couple of times. Corporate sales is super vulnerable, right? You know, if you have a yeah. really good year, they're like, Ooh, she's getting too expensive now. She can make too much commission. Out she goes, uh, which is what had happened in that scenario. Or if you don't do great, they're like, perfect. We're going to get rid of you and bring in someone greater. So it's, it was, so stressful. Every single day was stressful, whether it's a good day or a bad day. And I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. And I've been building my side hustle for years, um, but hadn't been charging, which is a big, mm. the big mistake that took me so long to make that transition. And so, yeah. So then I was like, okay, driving home from just being laid off. And the only thing I kept saying in my mind, the only thing that would come to my mind is I'm never going to work for anyone else again. Never going to work mm. for anyone else again. I don't care what it takes. No one's ever going to take my paycheck away. No one's ever going to put my family in a vulnerable position. I'm going to make that happen somehow, some way. And I started it without a dollar to my name and no savings and nothing. And, you know, it can be done, guys. It can be done. Um, But you have to to put the work in and you have to be willing to take those risks. And um, there's been times where I was like, God, should I go back to corporate sales? It would be so much easier. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) that why? But the why comes back every time. Like, how could I possibly turn my back on this? There's absolutely no way. You know, it, it's it's now my DNA. It's what goes through my veins. <laughs> yeah. I, I could not imagine. Um, okay, so what are you working on next? I know you have your hands full this next weekend with the big and amazing event, but um, I know you, and I know you have some, some things cooking beyond that. What are you working on next? Yeah, so for me, a real passion project right now and something I'm trying to grow is the mastermind that I started called the Purpose and Movement Mastermind. Um, and so that's kind of a, a major focus of mine. So the one thing that I, I make sure I do is that every single thing that I do in business is in line with what my purpose is. And my purpose really is to help people get out of their own way and take whatever is their message and make that everything that they are, right? Like between my podcast, helping other people with their podcast, to speaking, and to now, you know, my live event, and then, and then now the mastermind, where we're helping people really dive into the, okay, what's the next step that I have to take to grow this platform, this brand, so on and so forth. And so that's really the next passion project of really blowing this up and building that community, where I get to work with people one-on-one and in groups and all that stuff, um, and really give of myself to the highest level. Um, so currently that's really the main focus. Um, and again, waiting for, you know, and I know waiting isn't a plan, but waiting to see what the world does next uh, and being able to pivot and be in front of it uh, on a regular basis because we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know if right. COVID yeah. is going to go on forever. We don't know the next pandemic or whatever you want to call this thing. Uh, we don't know what that is. And so uh, it's almost just getting excited to be the person who can get in front of that next thing. Um, and see where it goes. Like I would love to get back into the live event space. Um, that's the ultimate goal. You know, growth numbers in live 2021. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's all about pivoting, understanding where the strengths are, uh, and delivering as much value as you possibly can, no matter where you go. And and really, I'm doing that as best I can in the mastermind at this point, and seeing where that takes off. And I hope one day the ultimate goal with the mastermind is for people five, ten years from now 
um, to be where they want to be ultimately. And they go, you know, I owe a lot of this to, to what Justin taught me. Uh, and that's, that's my little nod I need in the world. And that's really what I'm shooting yeah. for. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. All right. Tell everybody where to find your podcast, where to get obsessed and follow you. Uh, where should people go? Yeah, so the best thing to do, so wherever they're listening to this show right now, just search Growth Now Movement. Uh, it'll pop up. Highly recommend them going and checking out your episode. I wish I remembered the number. I don't. Uh, <laughs> it was, it no was a worries. couple of years ago, though. 2018. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, and so to check all that stuff out, um, just check out my podcast. If they like it, click the subscribe button. And I'm on Instagram as well, Justin T. Shank, if they want to follow me over there. I love it. Thank you so much, Justin, for being on the show, for sharing all of your amazing knowledge. You are going to fucking crush this weekend. I cannot wait to hear all about it. Um, congratulations on making that, that switch and that pivot. Um, and I can't wait to watch that magic unfold. Thank you again for being here. And everybody, go hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.